Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hi, it's Saturday. It's Mike. Not in that order. It's Mike. And then I have to tell you it's Saturday. This would be a weird way to learn. But this is the Saturday show. We're going to count down the days of the week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Ah, we didn't start the fire. It's still on our minds because Fallout Boy did a cover of it. And then I got to thinking about the Billy Joel version, which is to say the version, the only version, the only version that was done with care and attention and in chronological order. So in this, the best of the gist, I give you my spiel from Thursday, where we discuss what makes the original Billy Joel song a very good song. And I will also give you an unaired excerpt from a conversation that I had with Anthony Scaramucci. If you know anything about Anthony Scaramucci, it's that he's from Long Island. Maybe you knew that he lasted very few days in the Trump administration. Also that he's Italian-American. This is true. Made some money on Wall Street. Besides the point, he's from Long Island. And whenever I talk to anyone from Long Island who was born within a certain milieu, has a certain date of birth... Talk inevitably comes to Billy Joel. What is your Billy Joel story? I asked Anthony Scaramucci. And here's what he laid on me. I don't think we aired it. Even though it was a two-party, you got to give a lot of room for the Scaramucci insights. I don't think this originally aired as part of the two-parter. But now that Billy Joel is in the air, thank you, Fallout Boy, we revisit our tales of Billy Joel. Enjoy. And now the spiel. The band Fallout Boy decided to rewrite and update the lyrics to the Billy Joel song, We Didn't Start the Fire. In a way, it was a successful effort in that it started a conflagration of mockery online. Fallout Boy and Billy Joel, I think, are kind of similar acts in that they're beloved by fans, they're commercially successful, but they're somehow poo-pooed by critics. But this latest attempt by Peter Wentz and his bandmates should, if anything, underline the exquisite craftsmanship of Billy Joel as a lyricist and songwriter. So there are plenty of reasons to mock the new We Didn't Start the Fire. Let's listen to the first verse. You'll hear plenty. Captain Planet, Arab Spring, LA Riot's Rodney King. All right. Captain Planet was a PBS animated show which ran from 1990 to 1992. This is juxtaposed with the massive uprisings in the Arab world, which began in December of 2010. And then we return to the LA Riots of 1992. So this is an important and crucial difference between the two songs, one I'll get to in more details in a moment. But the original, We Didn't Start the Fire, begins. Harry Truman, Doris Day. Harry Truman, unlike Captain Planet, 
is an extremely important historical figure. He also won the 1948 election. It was not just the first event for Billy Joel to list in his song. It was the first event in the song chronologically. He doesn't mash Harry Truman up next to the Cola Wars. Doris Day is a pretty important pop culture figure. Red China, a crucial geopolitical event. And Johnny Ray, you might forget him now, but to a guy like Billy Joel, he's an extremely important progenitor of the very music that Billy Joel came to play. Billy Joel's song starts with the important, not the trivial. He grabs you. The rhymes are taught. In the Fallout Boy song, we get these oh, reaches for rhymes. Michael Jackson dies? Michael Jackson? No. If you want to include Michael Jackson dying, it has to be at the end of the line. It has to go... Michael Jackson dies. Right? That's the equivalent of South Pacific, Walter Winchell, Joe DiMaggio. And then you can rhyme it with another... Mandela wins Peace Prize. That'd work. The one, two, three, four part, you stick the Unabomber in there, right? Unabomber... Mandela wins Peace Prize. All right, that's okay, right? No, it's not okay, and here's why. Not only are all the events listed in the Billy Joel song somewhat culturally relevant and with better rhymes than Fall Out Boy, all right, there's too much baseball in the Dodgers, but they're not just in vague chronological order. They are in nearly exact chronological order, and it's only less than perfectly exact because some events don't really have a definitive date. So, communist block... You can float that around a little and use it to rhyme with something when you need a rhyme for Rock Around the Clock. Dien Bien Phu fell on May 7th, 1954. Rock Around the Clock was released May 20th, 1954. Next lines in Billy Joel. Einstein, James Dean, Brooklyn's got a winning team. Einstein died... April 1955, James Dean died September 1955, Brooklyn Dodgers won the World Series October 1955. The whole song is like that, step by step, and no stretching syllables to fit the rhyme scheme, no breaking into like backwards dictionary reference guide entry language like Fallout Boy does when they say Bob it, John, or bombing Boston Marathon. I don't even get why you would rhyme those two things with each other. It's not like we have to torture one entry, Bob it, John, to get a clean rhyme with Saddam or Tehran or manipulating the Huan. So, Mike, the question is, do you think you can do better? Well, let me tell you, I like current events. I like rhymes. And like Billy Joel, I am from Long Island. Of course I could do better. First, in order to build momentum, I'm going to go in order. Second, no lazy, lazy rhymes. Three, you don't have to get to everything, which is good. I mean, Fallout Boy didn't get to Gorbachev, which is one of the, I don't know, four or five most important world figures in the last 30 years. You could skip them, except this was nuts. They reference Ever Given Suez, which pretty much rhymes with Gorbachev, except for the fact that no one even knows. What is Ever Given Suez? That was the boat, remember, that got stuck in the Suez Canal? No, you don't remember. My point exactly. So I'm not just going to do the Fallout Boy version of a grab bag of fun stuff to rhyme, right? Could be fun. 
Tail Hook, Facebook, Sarah Snook, but Tail Hook was 1991. Facebook came out in 2004. Sarah Snook, I mean, she's been around since whenever she's been around, but we became aware of her in the last couple of years. I'd love to. I'd love to end with Forrest Gump, Donald Trump. I gotta go and take a dump. Great ending to Indulgent. So I'm going to use some tricks like how the communist bloc floats around in years. I'm going to use intifada because there were two intifadas. One lasted from December 87 to 93 and the second intifada lasted from 2000 to 2005. So it's very tempting to go intifada, aldamada, Tom Parada, you know, the guy who wrote election. But I think I want to go Intifada, bada bing. Now, those don't necessarily rhyme, but they do flow well together. And Billy Joel does this in his song. So I want to have intifada, bada bing, like Billy Joel did Dylan Berlin or Buddy Holly Ben-Hur. Notice the B-H-B-H parallelism. The guy's good. All right. So the thing is, the intifada doesn't really line up (laughs) with the bada bing. So I wanted the bada bing in there. I concentrated on the year 1999. I got Euro, bada, bing, NATO, Spurs first ring, Columbine, Kosovo, Chastain scores, winning goal, right? Euro debuted in uh, January 1st of the year. The Sopranos debuted a couple days later in January of 1999. NATO bombed Kosovo and the former Yugoslavia. The Spurs won their first championship, Columbine, April 1999, Kosovo, war going on. Brandy Chastain scored a winning goal. I think it's okay. Too many sports references. The Spurs actually won in June. I concentrated then. I went back in time. 1993. I got a little couplet going. NASA's Mars Observer lost. River Phoenix, Microsoft. Good stuff, right? Sad. Sad about River Phoenix. So I started and I ended with, and this is how hard it is. Arthur Ashe, Dateline Crash, Branch Davidians. Blind Sheik, Don't Ask, Don't Speak. Because, you know, Bill Clinton, don't ask, don't tell. But it wasn't don't ask, don't speak. It was don't ask, don't tell. So I couldn't rhyme that with the blind sheik, the guy, the mastermind behind the first World Trade Center bombing. So after working it over and over again and realizing this is not my full-time job, I'm just doing it as a a dare or a thrilling little uh, excavation of lyricism, I came up with. Arthur Ashe, Dateline Crash, Branch Davidians, Blind Chic, Dante's Peak, Jurassic Park, River Peaks, Don't Ask, Don't Tell, RGB Sworn In. It's good, except Dante's Peak came out in 1997. I needed something to rhyme with Chic. I'm using it as a placeholder, and the river that peaked, I mean, there's a lot of floods, but yeah, the Mississippi peaked that year. See how hard it is? See how good Billy Joel is? I don't want to say, see how bad Fallout Boy is. I haven't thought of a Fallout Boy song in 15 years, and I'm thinking about it now. But I think we should just call Joel a master and me but a novice. And also, really, the Cola Wars. It's, it's not the best ending. I, w- I, w- I think I would go with uh, taking the dump. I can tell you a great Billy Joel story if you have 30 seconds. And so um, Billy Joel, I have known uh, Mr. Joel for 42 years. Uh Uh, The first time I met him was in uh, 1981. So like Um, nylon curtain era. (laughs) Nylon curtain era. But I'm going to tell you my Billy Joel story, which is a totally true story. Um, And he... When I put it in my book, he read it. He goes, yeah, I think that happened, but he didn't remember it. I'm just letting yeah. you know that he didn't remember it, but I remember it because I was a, an impressionable 18-year-old kid. So he came into my uncle's motorcycle shop. He used to ride with my uncle, uh, and he loved my uncle. And my uncle curated for him many 
vintage bikes that ended up in his museum out here on Long Island. And so I'm going to set the scene. Billy's 33. I'm 18. He pulls up to the shop and he's got something wrong with the chain on his Harley Davidson. This is when the Harleys didn't have drives at actual chain. Mm-hmm. So we brought it into the motorcycle repair shop. And then he turned to me and he said, is there a, a pizzeria around here? Could we go get a piece of pizza? And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go have a piece of pizza with Billy Joel. That's the greatest thing in civilization, right? And so we got in my, and I'm going to really, really date myself, my 1979 used Camaro Berlinetta. It was burgundy. Oh. It was burgundy on the outside. It was burgundy on the inside. It had cigarette butt burns everywhere in the vinyl and the upholstery. I bought it for like $4,000 at the Sunoco station. That was my first car. Of course, it had a Pioneer power booster in it, and I had Billy Joel cassettes in there, you know, and all shit. Yeah. He gets in the car, and since you're a Paisan, you'll know that a Camaro is like an Italian retard out cruising, right? So yeah. he opens the door to the car, and it smashes. It smashes into the curb because the car's got such a low profile. <laughs> and for a minute, I forgot he was Billy Joel, and I went off on him like he was one of my cousins. I said, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> you have to work on this podcast probably now, right? I'm like, what the, f-? you know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, geez, I'm so sorry. He gets out of the car. He's like lifting the thing and we, we pull away. And I'm like, holy shit, I just gave Billy Joel some, some shit, you know? But yeah. then we get to Carlos Pizzeria. And this is the best part of the story. He's having a slice. I'm having a slice. He's in one of those like rider uniforms. And a couple girls from my high school walk in. And they're like, Jesus Christ, Mooch is sitting there having pizza with Billy Joel. Now, there's no iPhones back then. So, Michael, this one girl says to me, I gotta, I, I live on Bellevue Avenue. It's like a half a block away. I got to go get my camera. Okay. So she runs down a block. She comes back with a Kodak Instamatic camera mm-hmm. with a flash cube on top. Okay. And, you know, we're indoors. She's going to take the flash, put the flash, the flash cube is on. And I'm taking pictures of her and her friends with Billy Joel. And they were so excited. And then I sat back down. I have the pizza with them. I said, wow. I said, you're. You're so nice. I mean, you're just like, you know, like a regular guy from Hicksville, Long Island. I'm from Port Washington. He says to me, hey, man, without these fans, I'm a nobody. And then he tells me that he tried to commit suicide. Okay? He told you then, then, right then? Right then and there. Wow. He talks about it openly now. He said, I drank a bottle of shoe polish. Yeah, I was it was the cra- it's like the craziest suicide attempt I've ever yeah. heard of. He bottle of shoe polish. Bottle of shoe polish. Okay, he told me the whole story. And he said, this is what happened. This is what I was thinking about. And then, you know, I was a songwriter. I was failing as a singer and blah, blah. Then I hit it with Piano Man and the universe came back into order. And so I promised myself when I meet people, I'm going to be nice as can be. It was a beautiful way to be. And he's still that guy, you know. And now I don't, can't say I know him well or anything like that. You know, he was breaking my balls when I was working for Trump, you know, and he was not happy with me. Uh, and I can't say I know him super well, but I respect and love him as a guy. And of course, you know, he is our Long Island balladeer, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, and I think you've heard the song Nor'easter Alexa. I yeah. tell people that's the Long Island national anthem. You know what I mean? When I hear that song, I, don't, I almost have to stand up and put my hand over my heart. I always thought it was, and I would have been tempted. I don't know what the offerings were of that pizza place, but I would have been tempted to order a bottle of red, a bottle of white. No, no, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. And he was, but he was, I mean, he's a good guy. I mean, let me tell you, man, he's a, he's an irreplaceable piece of art, that guy. 
Do you, uh, I, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but I've yeah. had this debate with people about Billy Joel. Mm -hmm. Human beings should do what they want and follow their muse. I think it's a great shame that he just gave up composing. And I look at, say, Springsteen and his last eight albums, and there's not much that really holds up to, you know, Born to Run mm -hmm. or the even The Rising. Mm -hmm. But I think he would have come up with, you know, a few more great songs. And if he doesn't want to do it, you can't force him to do it. But I do regret that. Well, I mean, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna react to that, okay? Mm -hmm. um, we had probably one of the greatest football players of all time retire yesterday, Tom Brady. If it sticks, did he, yeah. Did he, did he retire at the right time? Did he retire in overtime? You tell me. We had Michael Jordan, who I think was probably the greatest basketball player of all time. You ever see him play on the Charlotte Bobcats? Right, right. Okay, and so you know, Billy's piano now is set, and his music is set to he's one key up because he can't get to the ranges that he got to when he was 35, you know, at 74. So you can't sense it if you're not a musician, but other musicians can sense it. And I respect him because he's got self-awareness. You know, there's a time to be in the battle and there's a time to walk away from the battle. I'm all about being stubborn, Mike. I just did Celebrity Special Forces at 58 years old. So I'm all about being stubborn. But, you know, I was getting killed out there. If I didn't walk away, I was probably going to get hurt. You know, I had there's a time to be in the battle. and There's a time to walk away from the battle. I think you have self-awareness about that. And I think I think he made a decision that he was not going to produce the quality that he expects from himself. And that's it for today's show. Corey War is the producer of The Gist, and Joel Patterson's the senior producer. We will talk to you Monday, but not on Tuesday, because we honor America.